Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is day number two in my series on Perfected Under Pressure. Here's the point. You need problems. Problems are what helps make you stronger. It's not the problem that makes you stronger. It's the faith you use in the problem that makes you stronger. The answers that come from God. Shoot, I could preach it right now, but join me as I do. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. This is part number two of a lesson we started yesterday called Perfected Under Pressure. And the book I'm offering you is Out of the Pit, the story of Joseph from the Old Testament. And believe me, he there's no greater example I can think of of a person who went through everything. None of it was his fault. He did great in everything, but outside pressure, outside feelings, outside jealousy caused him as he his brothers sold him into slavery. He then went to work for Potiphar's house, rose in position to run Potiphar's house. The wife lusted after him, went after him. He wouldn't yield to her. And so she went to her husband. He was thrown into prison for something he had nothing to do with. Then he started running the prison. No matter where he was, he rose to the top. He's like a cork. You push him down, but as soon as you let go, he floats right back to the top. And he began to run the prison after that. The prison master turned over to him. And then one day Potiphar came back to see what was going on and found him running the place and had commanded to be thrown into the lowest dungeon possible. What happened down there? He started prophesying over two of the men that worked for Pharaoh himself and had been put down there. And again, God caused him to come. And this time at the very lowest of the prison, the very pit he was in, he was brought up to be second in control of the nation and even brought his family back. I mean, all the things that happened to him were such examples of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also examples to us. He is found in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith that are there and what a great man of God he was. But in each case, we find out it wasn't God that caused his problems. It was his own family. It was the world system. All the things were out there. In other words, but he was prepared for it. God is not the one that brings our problems. He's the one that brings our answers. And so that's the good thing we have to look forward uh, with him. And oftentimes a Christian becomes sick. Listen, sickness is part of this world system. It's also Satan himself that brought it and introduced sickness in this earth. And God is the God that heals us. In fact, that's one of his names, Jehovah Rapha. But nowhere in the Bible is he called the God that makes us sick or the God's the God that sends problems our way. No, he prepares us for the sickness that's in the world. He prepares us for the problems that are in the world and came through the fall of Adam. And so God literally, equips us to handle all these things. And so that's the good news of it. So the point of it is, is there's problems out there, but here's the point. The world tries to figure out their own ways past the problem. God has given us supernatural answers to overcome the problems, but we're still going to face problems. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Paul said, those who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And the book of Peter especially just goes through it about the problems we're going to face, the problems we're going to face. But in every case, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, and greater are the answers that God has given to us than the problems that Satan throws our way. It's much like our own children. We raise them in this world to warn them. There's things out there. Car wrecks happen, but daddy's not causing the car wrecks. No, there's just cars out there and there's people texting while they're driving and doing other things and you might get into a wreck with them. Understand, keep your trust in God. You might get into a wreck, but God's going to bring you through it. God didn't make the wreck. 
dumb people did or the, or somehow somebody, you know, a drunk driver was out there or whatever, somebody on drugs. And so we find these types of things that are in the world out there, but it's not caused by our, our father. In fact, he trains us, teaches us how to drive a car, how to obey the rules, how to walk within certain boundaries, because even laws are established primarily to keep us safe. So that's the beauty of it. And that's the God that we have. In fact, God says he'll heal us from sickness and disease, but he doesn't make sickness and disease. In fact, there'll be no sickness and disease when Jesus rules the planet and the curse is removed off the earth because sickness was a part of the curse that's in this earth. And so lots of things are part of the, the curse that's in this earth. There's, you know, animals that are ferocious toward us. We teach them about snakes that could bite us, all the different things we do with our children. But daddy didn't send the snakes, neither did God. God send the snakes. No, again, we come back to it that God is not the author of our problem. Whenever we sin, even do things wrong, God's not the one that comes in and brings terrible problems into my life. If my child was disobedient, I wouldn't put cancer on them. That would be called child abuse. God is not a child abuser. I would tell my children, the first thing I do is take them on into a doctor, find something to do, and then put my trust in God also for healing in this particular case. So if my children's disobedience gets them into something wrong, I'm there to help them get out, but I am also there to warn them this happened because of you. My thing is how to get you out of this. First of all, repent, then begin to accept responsibility. And this is what happens in the Christian life. Same thing. So we went over yesterday, the fact that the world is evil, three sources of problems in our life, and God is not any one of the three, the world, the flesh, and the devil. These are where our problems come from. God is not mentioned there in those passages of scripture. And God's not the one that makes us sick, nor is God the one that sends evil into our life, but he's given us this warning. There is evil in the earth until Jesus comes back. There is a curse in this earth till Jesus comes back. Next of all, there's demons and Satan in this earth even, and they can bring problems in your life, but God did not create him as Satan. That was his choice. And he's the one that fooled Adam and Eve and got them into this trap and they turn the world over to him, but Jesus is going to come back one day. In the meantime, I have given you authority and power over him. Follow these things. And even though it seems like he has a temporary victory in your life, he might've won a battle, but he's not going to win the war. Jesus will take care of that. The next thing comes back to it in your own flesh, you will have problems. The world, the flesh, and the devil are those three areas. And God has given you power over all three, warnings about all three, but it doesn't come immediately. There's times we have to stand up against these things. Why? Because the problems that are in this world, it's going to take some time to overcome them. And that's why we're told in the word of God, have patience, have patience, have patience. Jesus said that we would have problems. Paul said we would have problems. The word of, word of God, especially throughout the New Testament warns us over and over again, we will have problems. James warns us we will have problems. But again, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We took it up in Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We took it up in Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and 23, that the earth is groaning and travailing and we are waiting for the adoption. That's the redemption of our body of which we will have a resurrection body. In the meantime, we groan. 2 Corinthians 5, 2 tells us as Christians we groan, just like the earth groans, waiting to be clothed upon with our resurrection body. Let's take a look at the eternal view of problems and quit looking at the momentary problem we're going through. Let's take a look at the overall eternal view of the problems we face and the trouble we're in. 
in the first place is our treasure, which is our spirit man on the inside where the new birth is, is in an earthen vessel. The earthen vessel carries a curse because this curse came on the dust of the ground. My body is made out of dust. Second Corinthians four, verses seven through nine. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. In other words, we know that we even have a built-in problem within our own flesh that pushes us towards sin, but the greater thing is following the Holy Spirit in us, and if we follow the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Notice this, we're troubled on every side, not by God, but by the world, the flesh, and the devil, but we're not distressed. Why? We are perplexed, but why? Not in despair. God doesn't bring perplexedness to us, confusion to us, but why? We're not in despair. We're persecuted by God? No, by the world system, Satan, our flesh, but we're never forsaken. We're cast down. Why? There's sometimes the problems knock us flat on the ground, but what do we do? We get up because we're not destroyed. We overcome Satan through the knowledge of God's word. That's the first power given to us. The next thing is, is the power of the Holy Spirit and our position in Jesus Christ, which is above Satan. And Satan was placed under Jesus' feet. That's where he's been placed in our life. The moment we get born again, but we need to understand this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 says this, for which cause, that is God's glory. In the previous verse, verse 15, for which cause, which is God's glory, we do not faint. We don't give up. But though our outward man perishes day by day, this outward body is decaying and will one day totally decay when our spirit leaves it and go into the dust of the ground. Though our outward man perishes or decays, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. In other words, you get worse looking on the outside, but better looking on the inside. Your beauty changes from the outward to the inward. And as we get older, the inward man is what we need to be looking at. The inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. God says, why don't you look at it this way? Instead of looking at this big, terrible problem coming your way, look at it as a light affliction, which is but for a moment. This thing is not as bad as you think it is. It's not gonna last as long as you think it is. You kind of think it's gonna be there for many, many years to come. Watch God bring you out of it, but you are gonna go through it. It's part of the world system. I don't like traffic. I'm sorry, but it's just out there. You have to put up with it, but you're still gonna get where you're supposed to, and it might take a little bit longer to get there. Join the Christian battle. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us. You understand this? God wants to bring you to a place where the problems of life turn around and work for you, not against you. He'll even have your enemy come and join you on your side and fight. And this is what happens throughout the word of God. It happens in your own life too. The problem you think was going to put you under, actually God turns it around. And instead of something that brings you down, it's a stepping stone to a greater blessing. It works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, my problems that seem to be against me can eventually turn around And actually, we can look back on problems we went through and realize, man, it was actually an advancement in my life. I actually took a problem that was sent to destroy me, and I used it to my advantage. And God used it to my advantage and turned it around. While, here's the point of it, while we look not at the things which are seen, the problems are the things we see. The events are the things we see. The lawsuit is the thing we see. The persecution is the thing we see. The yelling and screaming at us, even the press might be against us, but it goes on to say, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
What's not seen? The power of God, angels around me, the power of the Holy Spirit, my protection, which is everywhere, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Temporary is a good word for that. My problem is just for the moment, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <laughs> That's such a great verse. Satan, I want you to know that not only are your problems temporary, you're temporary. You have a future and it's in hell and eventually the lake of fire forever and forever. I also have a future and hell isn't in it, nor is the lake of fire, but heaven is my goal and my place I'm going to forever and forever. Because why? I am eternal and my answers are eternal. You are temporary and your problems are temporary. I'm gonna come through you. And when I come through, I'm gonna be stronger on the other side than when I got into this. It's not the problem or the trial that makes you stronger. It's what you know and what you use in the trial that makes you stronger. You can't make yourself stronger, but the promises can. And when the promises work in your life, it makes you stronger on the other side toward even coming through a trial, all the glory goes to God and all the glory goes to his promises. The things not seen are the promises of God. The walk of faith looks beyond the trouble to the glory of God on the other side because tribulation can work for our good and even for God's glory. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. What a tremendous verse of scripture. We're headed toward halftime. Get your popcorn out, get your coke out. We don't have a marching band, but we do have a great offer for you. Rising Out of the Pit shares lessons from one of the most beloved characters in Scripture. Joseph was full of dreams from God, favored by his father, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and locked in a dungeon. He faced trials far worse than most Christians ever see. But God delivered him, and he will also deliver you. If you feel like you're bound in Egypt, lost in the wilderness, or facing a fight, Joseph's story encourages, inspires, and instructs. Whether great or small, the only way to overcome your problem is God's way. Strengthen your faith, courage, and hope as you join Bob Yandian in studying the life of Joseph. To order Rising Out of the Pit, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Many years ago, I wrote the book called God's Word to Pastors, and now I have updated it. Many new things I have seen from the Word of God applied into this book, and you're gonna be greatly blessed by it. I'm called to be a pastor, I trust you are too, and you will wanna get this book and become greatly impressed by what Paul had to say to pastors in Acts chapter 20, as well as what Jesus Christ has to say to you today. This is my book, God's Word to Pastors. To order your copy, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about. I want you to turn with me to James chapter one, verses two and three, but we're gonna take a little bit to get into that. I simply wanna point out to you, tribulation is necessary. I'm sorry, you may not like that, but it's necessary for sanctification. It's not necessary to go to heaven. No, the moment you got saved, that whole thing is settled once and for all, but tribulation does in getting through that problem, 
form sanctification inside of us. In other words, without problems, you would never have answers. Without problems, you would never grow stronger. Okay, it simply comes back to this. Anybody that works out knows you have to put yourself through, you know, hardships. You have to run, you have to take weights and press them, things like that. And anybody that goes into some physical type of activity, such as even in a job, you might be a policeman, you might be a firefighter, something like that. Usually after a while, except for the donut eaters, of course, you know, you look pretty good. You start to, you know, buff up and all that. You get in the military and you notice your son or your grandson going in the military. And I'll tell you, within a few weeks, poof, they don't even look the same. Why? They begin to shape up. Why? Because the pressure they put against them, even though the child didn't create it, daddy didn't create it, they're preparing you for advancement against an enemy. They want you in top shape and literally tribulation is necessary for the building up of you in this natural world. Problems have not been sent by God. They're sent by the devil. Problems don't come from the nations we have fought overseas and the times we're in Vietnam, the times we were in World War II, the times that we were over in the Middle East. I mean, those things that we've said, we didn't cause the problem, but we prepared our troops over here to fight over there and taught them how to use our, their weapons, taught them how to outsmart the military. And we've got into battle tactics. And guess what? It's made America the strongest country in the world. But I can say this, America's military became strong through the fighting. We didn't create it. America didn't put those problems out there. God is not the author of our problems, but the, he's the author of the answers of our problems and simply tells you, if you'll stand up to tribulations, tests, and trials and use my word, you will come through, but you're gonna come through smarter than when you went in, stronger than when you went in, more confidence than when you went in because you have found out my stuff works and their stuff does not. Yours is greater than theirs. Theirs is temporary. Yours is eternal. So tribulation doesn't come from God. It comes from Satan. Satan's desire is to destroy you through tribulations. God's desire is to preserve you through tribulation, improve you through tribulation. God's weapons are proven in tribulation and combat with Satan and circumstances. The weapons of your warfare were not made to hang on a wall and look at each day. They were made to put on every day. Why? Because you're not fighting against God. You're fighting against Satan. You're fighting against the world system. You're fighting against the own desires of your flesh. But what God has given you is greater. So tribulation is necessary for spiritual growth. Why does this say it in the word of God, Romans 5, 3, we glory in tribulations also knowing. Here's how we advance, knowing something. We glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation works patience in us. The trials I'm going simply tells me as I enter into it, I'm gonna come out smarter on the other side, more patient on the other side, more of a spiritual adult on the other side, and that's how we should go and look at tribulations coming. Here's a chance for me to get stronger. Here's a chance for me to come out successful on the other side. And it's not all me. It's gonna be me putting God's promises to the test, me putting God's power to the test, and me putting the, the uh, patience I have now to work, and when I come out, I'll be stronger. I told you to find James chapter one, verses two and three. What am I supposed to say when troubles come my way? Well, if I'm gonna come out stronger on the other side, then I can do what this verse says, count it all joy when you fall into different trials, knowing, here it come again, how do I count it all joy? By knowing something, that the trying of my faith will work patience. It's also what we found out in Romans 5, 3, knowing that tribulation works patience. We have the same thing again. And we find in the book of James a key phrase that's found in there, you have need of patience. 
is also found in Hebrews. You have need of patience. And after you've done the will of God, that you might find the blessings on the other side that bring you out. Again, the book I'm offering, Out of the Pit, deals with Joseph and the things he went through. What did he learn? He learned to count it all joy. Why? Knowing that the trying of his faith, it wasn't the trying of him. Satan was coming against his faith to destroy him. And so, again, he knew that. But what happened was he ended up rising and rising. And in each case, he produced more patience, more patience. God caused him to increase where he was. Again, that typical story of the cork. If you are a patient Christian operating in the word of God, Satan can hold you down for a while. But as soon as he releases, because he has to, he's only temporary. You like a cork will float right back to the top. So James chapter one, verses two and three, count it all joy. In other words, look at it and go, I'm gonna be joyful in this. Here comes a problem. My first temptation is not to be joyful is to give up, scream, yell, and run, and go into the closet, close the door, and hide myself. That's my first reaction, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to look at that thing and say, you know what? My joy will increase through all of this. I'm going to be happy going into this because I'm not going to look at the problem. I'm going to look just past the problem. Just past the problem is redemption, bringing me out of this. Yes, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm going to come out more joyful on the other side. Here's the thing too. Storms are temporary, but the sun behind it is eternal. It'll always be shining back there. So one day this storm will be over and it might last as Paul's did two weeks in a ship, two weeks. Everybody was ready to give up. Everybody was thinking they're gonna die. And Paul stood up having heard from the Lord, looking to the end of this thing. God said, the ship will be destroyed. All the cargo will be destroyed, but not one life will be lost. That's exactly what happened. God has told you what's gonna happen at the end of this. You're gonna come out and you're gonna be stronger when you do. Ephesians chapter six verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. This verse tells us we have a choice. Notice this. It didn't say you are strong in the Lord. It says be strong. This is what's found throughout the word of God. And so again, don't pray for God to give you strength. He's already given you strength. Act on what you have and act on what you know. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Choose to be strong and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the wickedness of the devil. Notice this, that you may be able to stand. There's no guarantee I'm going to do it, but it is my choice. And if I keep getting knocked down and keep getting back up, that's the key. And every time I get up, I would say, I learned something. <laughs> Satan, you hit me this side last time. I've learned that. I know what to start looking for. And pretty soon the Satan runs out of, uh, runs out of all different types of objectives. He runs out of different plans and finally has to give up and back off as he did with Jesus. Three times it took of Jesus saying to Satan, it is written, it is written, and it is written, and Satan departed for a season. Satan will depart because there comes a time he can't stand against the word of God. And he comes back later hoping you're weaker this time. You haven't been following God. You haven't been attending church. You haven't been studying the word of God and you're weaker this time. That's what he's looking for. But here's the point. You can continue as this verse says, be strong in the Lord. I like to think of it this way. Keep getting stronger in the Lord. By learning to fight the battles you're going through, using the promises of God, pulling out the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, acting in faith, walking in the midst of Satan's camp as David did before Goliath and realize you're not attacking me, you're attacking the armies of the living God. And how dare you do that? And Satan's gonna come against you, but he's gonna face not only you, but the invisible army behind you that man cannot see, the same one that surrounded in the Old Testament, Elisha, 
as Gehazi came back down and said, you know what? We're surrounded by the enemy. He says, no, but go back and look again. And so he went back up and looked again. And guess what he saw this time? A whole army behind the armies that were facing him, an army from heaven of angels and chariots and all that that far outnumbered. All I'm telling you is greater the he that's in you than he that's in the world. The armies coming against you are surrounded by an army around them, and that's the armies of God. Because I can tell you this, a third of the angels fell with Satan. And if those third of the angels are still out there today, which they are in bound in Tartarus, but the demon forces that are out there, there are more forces of God standing behind them. And we need to understand that, that whatever's coming against me, I have greater that's going to deliver me out of this mess that I am in. So again, Ephesians 6, 10, 11, finally, my brethren, I'm getting the, to the end of these two broadcasts so I can say finally too. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Choose to be strong in the Lord. It is a choice. Being strong in the Lord is a choice. The strength has already been given. God's not going to give you more. Simply use what you have. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Here's something else you have to choose to do. Not only be strong is a choice, but put on the armor is a choice also. So you have a choice every day to put it on. And that armor is described in there. The, the uh, helmet of salvation, what that means, it simply means renewing of the mind, thinking like the Lord does. The first thing to engage is your thoughts. I'm gonna fight against Satan. I'm facing a battle, but I'm gonna come out with more patience at the end, more joy at the end, stronger at the end than when I went in. And so it says again, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the plans and the deceptive plans of the enemy. The things that Satan wants to throw at you are his strategies and your strategy is greater. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. It says, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, make you mature. The word perfect in the Greek means mature. Stabilize you, strengthen you, and settle you, making you steadfast. Here's what's gonna happen. Notice this, it says, after you have suffered for a while. All the verses I have been saying here, notice this, it looks like this verse is saying suffering makes you stronger. No, with all the verses we have read before it, it's what you use in the battle that makes you stronger. Battles do not make us stronger. If battles made us stronger, every Christian would be strong but that's just not true. The ones who act on God's word, pull the promises out, pull the sword out, pull the shield out, put the helmet on. All these things are what makes us strong in the Lord. It's not the trial that makes us strong. It's what we use in the trial that makes us strong, and that is our faith. Our faith in what God has written, our faith in the word of God. And the first thing it says is here, after you have suffered for a while, notice this, makes you mature. You cannot become stronger without trials. Trials are here. God didn't send them, Satan did, but God says, here's what's gonna make you strong. Knowing that you have strength over people around you is one thing when people come against you, but knowing you're even stronger than Satan himself is what I'm wanting you to learn. So after you have suffered for a while, mature you, stabilize you, strengthen you, and then settle you means making you steadfast. You know that you know that you know where you stand. And next time it comes along, in fact, you're looking at it with a different attitude. I'm looking at this one as, Lord, I'm gonna come through this thing, happy, more joyful than ever, God's wisdom is shown through those who endure tribulation, Ephesians 3.10. Now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Every time we come through this, God doesn't have to come from heaven. Jesus doesn't have to come from heaven. We as members of the church stand up and Satan realizes something, God is smart. 
He's sitting in heaven just looking at me, smiling while these people down here use his promises and come through successful every single time. This is part of your inheritance, using the word of God to becoming stronger and in that strength, putting Satan in his place, but also winning others to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. I will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.